0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hey guys, Shelly here, Compulsive Overeater. Nice to see uh, most of you to... Steve and Barry and anybody else who's expecting somebody good, sorry, you guys are stuck with me, but I will uh, I will do the best I can. Remember, it's it's weakness that, that binds us together. Um, anyhow, I qualify to be here. I um, I've been absent in a long time. I've lost track, something like 21, 22 years. Uh, I don't know my top weight. I've estimated it about 325 pounds, maybe a little. I, I have no idea. I, I do remember I had a corporate job, so I went to, um, I couldn't find shirts that, that, uh, I, I could button the column. My neck was pretty giant and they didn't have all these custom sizes. So I went to a specialty shop where they, um, uh, where they custom made, made shirts for you. They were expensive, but, um, a friend of mine was doing it and he said it was great. So I, I did that and they weighed me when I went in and I weighed 255 pounds and, um, They made me four shirts. They fit great. You know, they were expensive. I think I used to buy shirts, $20. And these were like 80 bucks a piece, you know, and the guy said, listen, we guarantee these for 25 pounds. And so I wore them. I didn't think I gained a bunch of weight, but they started getting tight. I thought it was the dryer or whatever. And I brought them back to the store and they put them back on scale and I had crossed 280 pounds and I sputtered a lot. I never thought I would, would get that high, you know? And, um, uh, they said that if you want, you could buy more shirts. And so I bought more shirts and those stopped fitting after a while. So um, I did not have the, I don't know what to call it. The heart, the guts, the intestinal fortitude, whatever it was, the internal fortitude, I did not go back and order more shirts. I don't remember what I did. I think I walked around with unbuttoned dollars, but um, I ate a lot. I um, wasn't addicted to any one kind of food. It was just a lot of stuff. I, I remember I had a lot of fast food. I would get, get, uh, drive through on my way to meals, on my way to meetings, on my way everywhere, I was always eating. Uh, one of the first meetings I went to, the first guy I asked to be my sponsor talked about wanting to take the passenger seat out of his car and put in a small table for convenience that would help him get less food stains on his shirt. And I thought that that was a great idea and I thought he'd be the, the right sponsor for me. So um, food was everywhere in my family. It was Everybody was obese, both sides, mom and dad. So um, I, was, I was used to it. I did not know anybody who lost weight, kept it off. So uh, um, physically, that's where I was. Emotionally, I was uh, not much better, and maybe worse. I, um, I was in a relationship that was not right for me. There were a lot of problems in the relationship. There were a lot of things, but I didn't know how to get out of it. I, really, uh, I was doing the best I could, and I did not know how to uh, make a decision one way or another. I joke now that I used to get the words yes and no confused, that I just didn't know how to say no when I meant no, and didn't know how to say yes when I when I meant yes. And um, uh, had no tools to deal with anything. You know, if if the uh, woman I was living with at the time, uh, if she wanted to have a fight, I didn't know how I felt, I didn't know how to express myself, I didn't know how to say anything, and so I'd go sulking. Watch TV and eat a bag of, of chips or something like that until the, the pain and the discomfort run away. Um, I uh, spiritually, I, I will just describe the, the details of it. I don't know what adjectives, even though I've been describing it for a while. I uh, grew up in a um, moderately religious Jewish family. We went to to services and we celebrated the holidays, but I did not believe in God. I uh, became a teenager and became uh, very uninterested in religion. I had a a moment when I was in my, uh, we had a family tragedy when I was in my late 20s, I guess it was. Uh, My sister was killed in a car crash. And before I realized she had This was all before cell phones and before whatever. I was in a different state, couldn't get over to see her. It happened late at night. Um, I went out and I was praying to this God that I didn't really believe in to uh, to keep her alive, you know. And when I went, when I flew down and landed in Florida the next morning and found out that that she was already dead, I um, had a a big fu moment to God, any any God that I believed in. I couldn't stand and and uh, wanted nothing to do with religion or or God or anything like that. So. I was a large bundle of joy. I was angry. I was frustrated. I didn't know anybody who lost weight and kept it off. Older uh, family members that were 15 years older than I these cousins that I was really tight with were starting to have health problems. They were in their early forties. And, um, it was just scary for me, you know, and I, I didn't know that, that there was a way out of it. So, um, the last thing I'll say about it is I, uh, my mother was very tight with a cousin of hers. Uh, They were best friends. And that cousin uh, had a stroke when she was about, I don't know how old my mom was, 65 at the time, 60, 65. And that stroke was particularly debilitating. And I was very tight with this woman. You know, I knew her quite well. And um, it was just awful to see her, just awful. And that scared the hell out of me. And I did not want that. I so desperately was afraid of it. And so I used to walk around praying to a God or that I didn't believe in or, or to the universe out there that please don't let me have a stroke. Please let it be a clean heart attack and let me go quickly. You know, and that was, that was my prayer in my early thirties. So that was the, the best I could do. So physically, emotionally, spiritually, I was, I was um, pretty beat. So um What happened? Uh, I didn't know folks that, that lost weight. I didn't think it was possible. I remember I was I was always joining gyms, and I'd go three times and then stop going. But one of the gyms I went to, there was a guy who, um, somebody pointed out to me he was running the track, and somebody said he lost 100 pounds. He used to be a big guy and lost weight. And he was the only one I knew. I knew plenty of people who had lost weight. He, he was keeping it off. I didn't know anybody else who was keeping it off. I just, I didn't think it was possible. Somewhere along the line, my brother who I, um, was tight with. I just didn't know a lot of what was going on in his life. He lost a he lost a bunch of weight, and um, but it never occurred to me to ask him how to do it. I was getting some outside help, and the person I was working with said she had lost a bunch of weight, and I didn't ask her either. I think I had assumed that somewhere along the line you, you uh, get your shit together, you get your act together, and uh, you just get control of this this food problem, this eating problem, and you lose the weight. So. Um, I think I was waiting for that to happen. Anyhow, I ran into an old friend of mine who um, I hadn't seen in many, many years. We went to high school together, and seen him in 15 years. He had been heavy into drugs the last I saw him. Uh, when I went down to to visit with him, he mentioned that he was. We were supposed to go for dinner. He said he um, uh, uh, misplanned the the appointment. He had to go to a 12-step meeting. He was in. Um, Program related to drugs. A sponsor of his was getting a three year chip and he really needed to be there. And he asked if we could postpone our dinner for an hour and he you know, offered to buy me drinks or, or whatever. So I had some knowledge somehow that 12 step programs were there. I wanted to go check it out and I went to that, that meeting with him. And um, I uh, had done plenty of drugs. I never considered myself a drug addict or, or addicted in any way like I was with food. But I could relate very strongly to the folks at that meeting. They had powerful stories. The speaker had a powerful story. The thing I could relate to was the, the main speaker talked about, it was a Friday afternoon, and he was trying to fix his fix his life, and it was a mess, and um, I don't know, things going on with his kids, with his ex-wife, with his job, and he had stuff on Monday, and he realized he could not fix everything by Monday. And so he tells the story that he went out, he called his dealer, he got a bunch of drugs, and stayed high all weekend. And that made, even though that wasn't my behavior, it made perfect sense to me because there were many Fridays where I had a big meeting on Monday and I said, boy, I really wish I could lose a hundred pounds by Monday. I really need to lose a hundred pounds this weekend, you know, and when I realized I could not lose a hundred pounds, I stopped by Burger King on my way home, you know, and and binged there and somehow that, that, that made sense to me. If I can't lose the hundred pounds, I may as well gain another couple of few. So. Uh, anyhow, I heard this guy, he hadn't used drugs in a while, and and I got hope. And uh, I'd love to say I went back from that meeting to Florida, I'd love to say I went back to Jersey where I was living, picked up the phone and found a way, and that's just not my story. It took me months, months to pick up the phone and to to do it, just a lot of fear and a lot of whatever. And if there's anybody new here or it's your first meeting or early on, I, I just can relate to the struggle and the fear how hard it can be to get in the door. But I did finally pick up the phone and uh, found a meeting that was a couple of miles from my house. It was easy to get to. Loved it right from the start. You know, I think I was, I think I was ready. Um, there was a, uh, uh a woman at that meeting who shared that she had not eaten sugar for seven years. And I just found that unbelievable. You know, I, uh, I think I knew that sugar was in ketchup or something, so I went up and said, Have you ever know, had ketchup? and she's like, I haven't had have a ketchup. I did she listed a whole bunch of things that but she knew her sugar was a lot better than, than I did. And um, she hadn't touched it in, in years. And the speaker at the meeting had lost eighty pounds while well, uh, kept it off for fourteen years and I was blown away. I just I didn't know anybody before before that. And there was a woman that she looked like a normal size and it was very hopeful to me you know very very impressive at my second meeting a few days later uh, the speaker had lost 120 pounds she was keeping it off for 22 years you know and I just again I did not think that was possible she looked like a normal person I never would have guessed when she shared what she used to eat like I was like oh yeah she knows you know I had that smile of oh yeah that that we have that behavior in common but she had a lot of good recovery and it was really inspiring um, I got abstinent. You know, I got abstinent at that, that um, right after that second meeting, I don't know how, you know, I just got grateful I was willing and um, uh, became willing to eat three meals a day with nothing in between. That was my first absence, no sugar. I think people in the area I was going to meetings at that time were, were doing that and that, that made sense to me. And so I was able to do that, you know, and uh, it was absolutely, um miraculous you know I could do it I could have lunch and eat nothing before dinner and eat dinner and then call it a night you know and uh, after about three nights of that I um, I remember sitting at my computer and I got frustrated with something and all of a sudden I just felt rage you know blind rage I wanted to either put my fist through the computer screen or throw the computer out the window you know that was my my clear thinking at the time realized I was angry and I was like God, I need something to eat, you know, God, and didn't know what to do. I remember if I made a phone call or if somebody called me, but they said, hey, why don't you get to a meeting? It was seven o'clock at night. It was a 7.30 meeting right down the street from me, and I went to a meeting, and I had day number three, you know, or day number four, and I started going to meetings all the time. I just, I found that uh, the more meetings I went to, the better I felt, and the easier abstinence was, so uh, I kept going. You know, I went five, six, five, six meetings a week in 30 days, in 60 days, um, would get frustrated. But I also found myself walking around work all the time, pulling up my pants, you know, and that was the best feeling in the world, right? A, a sucky day at work with loose pants is way better than a, than a good day at work with, with tight pants. You know, I always had a struggle with, uh, had two pair of pants that fit me, you know, and I couldn't figure out whether were wear the loose ones or the tight ones. In the early part of the week you know kept thinking oh yeah I'll be thinner by the end of the week but that was just a big one anyhow just this nightmare stuff and all of a sudden I'm, I'm uh, loose cans. so uh, I lost more weight than I ever hoped for I lost about 100 pounds in in, uh, uh, in, um, in my first I don't know six nine months of program I didn't really keep track of it I didn't weigh myself a lot, but, uh, I just found the weight just kept coming off. And, um, a lot of things cleared up for me. You know, the, this haze that I was in with the, uh, the girlfriend I had at the time cleared up and realized that that wasn't the right relationship with me. I started making plans to go back to school and that's what brought me from, uh, Jersey out to, to Berkeley. I, um, finally start saying no to people i could draw boundaries with with my parents with my mom especially who was uh, a, a pretty domineering uh, uh person in in my life i could a little bit start telling people the truth start telling myself the truth so it was just absolutely wonderful so um i got out to to berkeley you know and everybody in uh Jersey, New York city, where I'm from, uh, folks knew me there. They knew me as a, as a big guy, you know? So I'd always be seeing people, relatives, whatever. Hey, you look great. Hey, you lost weight. Hey, you look great. You know, all that positive. Got out to Berkeley. Nobody knew me as a fat person there, you know, nobody. And there was none of that. I, I, um, in my early year, first year, two years, you know, it was just, it was so wonderful to have that weight off. And there really was a, a pink cloud, uh, for a while, but when um, I was out in Berkeley, I was starting this new school program. People wasn't getting that positive feedback and all of a sudden, it, that, that pink cloud, that joke had turned into a black hole of, of despair. You know, I really was, was uh, pretty morose. And um, in those first two years, I thought everybody in the world should get absent. And in those next two or three, four years, I couldn't understand how anybody stayed absent. And it just was a lot of strong feelings, a lot of negative, things coming up, a lot of, uh, some memories coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm so, 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 so grateful for, for program. I, I was heavily immersed in the Berkeley Open San Francisco meetings. I, I go a lot and I, um, I found a sponsor that, uh, uh, helped me work through the, the steps. I, um, he came up, he found me at, at a, at a meeting. I'd gone to the old lifeboat meeting in the city and uh, in San Francisco and he found me there and started asking me a bunch of questions. He could read my mind, you know, he could just tell what I was thinking. He knew readings weren't working so well for me anymore. He knew what the black hole was like and just asked me a bunch of questions and he scared the shit out of me, you know, and, um, told me to call him in the morning. I called him in the morning and I started telling him what my food was going to be. And he said, I'm not the least bit interested in your food. He says, I want you to start writing steps and calling me and reading the steps, writing 10 steps, call me up and read those. And so, um, I didn't know how to write a 10 step. You know, I had been doing the four step on and off for two and a half years. And, uh, he told me, you know, congratulations, you're done. I don't want you to write anymore. Come read it to me. And I went over to his house and read him a bunch of uh, four steps. And, uh, you know, I had millions, not millions, but, but plenty, plenty of pages from different formats and different, whatever I was doing it with, uh, without really the guidance of a sponsor, which I don't recommend. Uh, but once he got a hold of it, he said, bring it over, read what you got. And, um, you know i could read lots of parts of it and other parts i was like well we'll read that later you know we'll read that later and eventually i read it all to him you know and some of it was so painful to read but um you know he was patient he could listen to it i could come back next week and put stuff off that i was really afraid of the worst of it that i shared he could share too you know he could share his own experience and uh it was so great to to hear that somebody else had done that or thought that or acted in that way and uh, read it all to him and from there I started um, he taught me how to write 10 steps you know the the problem I did not have a lot of banks that I robbed I didn't have a lot of money that I owed I didn't have a lot of big trail of destruction I had a war going on in my head and I got a lot of distorted thinking going on in my head and I had a a lot of low self-esteem and he taught me how to to write 10 steps and really get it some of my core character defects and I started writing 10 steps and reading it to him. And it basically was, I'm afraid of everybody and everything. And I am so terrified of what people think of me. And I'm so afraid to say no to people. And I'm so afraid to, to say yes to people. And um, man, I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And um, I wrote about my ex-girlfriend. I wrote about my mom. I wrote about, just kept reading it to him. And I just, it's the, it's short of losing the weight. It's the best thing I ever did uh, for myself. I began to learn and accept and understand how I, how I thought, I began to see so clearly how afraid I was. You know, I, I uh, would write, I would read what was going on. He taught me how to um, do, what they call it turnarounds out here, but find my part. And it is what, what uh, we used to call it. I could see where I was afraid. I could see where I was resentful. I could take those and I could work. Um, you know, I could read it to him and then start working steps six and seven and just ask a, higher power that I still didn't believe in, but ask, ask for help, you know? And, um, so if I was afraid, I'd say it was for me, anyhow, it was, it's okay to be afraid, but I, if I thought it was something that I should be doing, I, I'd ask God for the strength and the willingness to, uh, just go take an action that, that I felt was appropriate, you know? And, um, did that for years with him. And along the way, I picked up some sponsees and taught them how to do this. And it was just, it was this wonderful period of three, four or five years where, um, I was writing, I was, uh, reading it to him. I had sponsees writing inventory and reading it to me. I, a lot of the guys on this call, I was in touch with them and reading this stuff or talking in in detail and they were writing as well. And it was just a great way to, to go through it. And, um, did for years and at one point I remember picking up something to read I think I was still talking about my ex-girlfriend blah blah, blah. and uh, you know all the seriousness of it and all the oh my god the drama queen what am I going to do and picked it up to read to him and I just started laughing you know I started laughing slowly at first and then a lot harder and um, man it broke you know just some of that the, the mind and the trap and the the head games that I was playing with myself just broke and was a little bit lighter, you know, a little bit lighter in my head. And uh one by one I just kept working on a lot of the things, found found peace and balance with my mom, found peace and balance with work. I continued to to go to school. I was in a PhD program at, at Cal and um I joked that uh um I was so afraid, you know, I got there, I was so afraid that it might kick me out, that I was gonna fail, that I was gonna whatever, but I'd write about it, I'd read it to him and five years of, uh, of writing 10 steps and reading it to him and they give you a PhD, you know, that's what it, that's what it felt like. Like right? you just keep doing the work and life keeps happening. And somehow you, you get through things that, that, uh, um, you're never gonna, you know, I never thought I could. Um, it was also helpful to me, you know, a lot of questions, a lot of my food was very, very rigid in my, early years, certain things I would never eat, never eat in between meals and all that. I started doing a lot more exercise, was hiking all around the Bay Area trying to figure stuff out. And there was such a strong community of of people. I, I think it still is, but just had it then. I remember struggling with, is it okay to mention foods? I know I've done it a couple of times. Is it okay? So I was struggling whether to add an apple to some of my meals. And I was talking to a guy who was doing about the same level of exercise I was, and he was adding a burrito to his, like... I'm thinking about this much food. And it was just wonderful to hear people, what they were doing and to just not be the only one, to hear what was going on. I was single, I was dating, I was, to hear other guys' experiences they were walking through it and uh, to be able to, to talk to, to people and to be honest with them, you know? And um, some of the guys on the... Um, all have heard this but i'll i'll share it it's it's just fun to look back and and realize how crazy i was and how whatever but you know i um i was in my late 30s i think 40 by the time i got out to there and i was interested in, in getting into a relationship and when i started working working with my sponsor he said no dating till you're a year absent i said well i'm a year absent i said well no dating till you're a year absent with me you know and so i was like He's like, I'll tell you what, he says, get a plant or a goldfish, it was the old AA uh, uh, thing, get a plant, and I found a, um, a woman at this great garden, I was at a garage sale, and she gave me a bunch of plants, and I had a mini terrace, and I put them on my, my terrace, and says, get the plant, and if the plant's still alive a couple of months from now, we'll talk about that, you know, and so I got the plant, and I couldn't water it to save my life, you know, I just could not water So I'd have these dead flowers on my, on my porch and be like, I'm ready to date. I'd look at those dead flowers and I want to flip them off. You know, I want to show my, like it was the flower's fault. Anyhow, it was my best thinking. So uh, I needed to, to do a lot of inventory with dating on my first date. I wrote um, before I went on my first date, I wrote for, I think I wrote for two and a half hours uh, worth of inventory before the date and another two hours after the date. And I remember crying to him, how the f am I going to be in a relationship? I have to spend five hours on it. Anyhow, giving this example, because A, it's a little funny, A, some of the guys remember it and walk me through it. um, But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what people talked about on the first date. You know, I I asked friends in programs, you know, I was like, I want to read my inventory about my mother. And they were like, that's not such a good idea, you know. And and uh, they're like, why do not you ask him what she does for a living? You know, why didn't why didn't you ask how many brothers and sisters? Like, I was literally going for a PhD, and I was that that stupid and some or that that confused. So, oh my God, um, the last thing I'll I'll uh, talk about as far as working the steps with him was um, I used to call him up as, as time went on and just read him the, the latest drama in my life, stuff going on in school or dating or, or uh, family stuff that I was trying to work through. And I'd ask him what to do, you know, and he never told me what to do. He never gave me explicit do this or don't do that. He always would say to me, you know, why don't you get on your knees and ask God for help. And I had this troubled relationship with, with God. I didn't want to believe in, in God or a higher power. And uh, certainly, you know, question what was God's, will for for my system like i just struggled with that whole thing so get on your knees and ask for help i look at the phone i think that was the stupidest question i have stupidest response i ever heard of in my life you know my sponsor had a sense of humor and he could, could put up with me and he could give it back to me as much as you know he'd let me speak like that to him and gave it right back to me you know and um I think the way I started to find out a higher power was I wanted absence. It was such a precious gift to me. Losing the weight, keeping it off I had a couple of years was so wonderful. And uh, you know, I'd get hungry sometimes, three o'clock in the afternoon and it wasn't wasn't time to eat. And I'd ask them what to do or ask other folks what to do and they say, Hey, why don't you pray? you know, and so for me it started with just praying, you know, just, just talking out to the universe. I didn't have to believe in God, I didn't have to call God just help me stay absent for the next two hours till 5 p.m., which was the earliest I could eat dinner, you know, and 5 p.m. seemed to be here before, like, you know, like in an instant. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know. And so I used prayer almost like a party trick, you know. I just got to help me stay absent, help me stay, and it worked. I just found that, that prayer worked, whether I believed in God or not. And, um you know, it goes, goes full circle. I got to the point where where I realized that I was impulsive, that I was afraid, and I talked about being afraid, that I didn't know what to do a lot of times. And so many times for me, the best thing I could do was to take no action, was to just sit there with my feelings and en- endure the, the discomfort of of something that was going on. And so um, in those moments, I would sit and I, I'd call it, you know, talking to God. I'd get on my knees and ask God for help. I'd do nothing. You know, it was it was... the the same thing and so I found it I found it working for me and I knew I had shifted when one of my sponsees was asking me what to do you know in a situation I said I don't know get on your knees and ask God for help you know and I I still sort of have that that attitude of when I don't know what to do I try to pause and and ask a power greater than myself for help I still struggle with God I still struggle with what I believe in but I believe I am not God, I believe that um, um, that the act of praying changes me and that that working to find a higher power is is helpful to me and sometimes it's a struggle and sometimes I can't do it but uh, I continue to do that. Is that time? No, to to 15 after the hour. Is that right? right? Yeah, okay. Um, So, anyhow, I... uh, I will just get, get current. Um, I've been out of the West coast a long time. I moved out of, uh, moved to Boston in 20, uh, 2006. You know, I, uh, I have a, a job that, um, that, that's a dream job. It's beyond my wildest dreams. It's unbelievable that I get to do this for, for a living that they, that they pay me and that I can do it absolutely. And it's absolutely, um, the best, but I, um, have a lot of rainy days, a lot of cloudy days, a lot of frustrating days, a lot of days where, um, uh, you know, I feel like I'm back to day one or a lot of maddening days where I have to get on my knees and ask for help. I, uh, I know sometimes I listen to a, to a speaker and I'm like, Oh my God, that person's life sounds so good, you know, and, um, mine isn't. And so I'm like, I must be doing something wrong head down and woe is me and all that sort of stuff. So life is not perfect. I, I, uh, you know, work really hard. I uh, put in a ton of effort. I um, uh, still have days where where I don't feel good enough, where I feel like I'm a complete fraud, where they're going to catch me or find me out or anything like that. I I have gotten married since uh, I moved to Boston. Um, I was close to 50 years old when I got married. I did not think it was in the cards for me. I did not think I used to to my sponsor, I don't have the married gene. I just don't have the gene. Some people have it, some people don't. And, um, you know, they're too just working the program, just working the steps and and, uh, talking to people about it. And, um, you know, my wife, um, I met her, I don't know anything. I met her, she shared about, um, uh, she just turned 40, she was going to a, or 45, she was going to a college reunion and, um, uh, college reunion and she said she had a great life but was uh, feeling less than because most of her friends had been married and uh anyhow i just went and said hello to her i would have said she's not my type at all And there were certain things about her that were nowhere close to to my wish list you know but uh the lord works in mysterious ways i mean i just remained open to it kept up and needed to, to keep going on little little by slow and uh it's not what I ever thought I was looking for. And in some ways it's so much better than what I ever thought I could have. So, um, for those who have struggled to find a relationship or spend time or whatever, I just, I feel like there there's I was there, you know, after the food, it still was a struggle. And, uh, uh, I'm so grateful for it. We just got back from the vacation, um, we had a, um, she had a health scare. She, um, three and a half weeks ago, we were, uh, she was having digestive problems. She went for a scan. The scan showed, turned up something. They tried to do a biopsy they could get. Anyhow, three and a half weeks ago, three very prestigious doctors thought, she's okay, but three very prestigious doctors at that time thought that she had cancer. She had pancreatic cancer. And so, um, god damn, that was scary. You know, they couldn't do the first biopsy. They had a second one anyhow. It's a roller coaster of, of ten days of uh, whatever before the second biopsy showed up to be it's not cancer. They still don't know what it is. She still has some pretty serious digestive problems, but um, oh my God, I could um, tell the story because life is you know still full of, of uh, imperfections of all these things. It's just it's life, you know. there's this no rhyme or reason to it and also because um how painful it was for me to go through that that with her was affecting me of course so many things that she does don't affect me and I don't learn how to butt out of much of her business but this definitely involves me and try to to walk through it and I'm trying to work through it best I can so um god the feeling of being powerlessness of I cannot change the situation i cannot do anything i can just sit there and wait till the next test is, uh next set of test results is so whatever but i have program you know i have people i can call and uh people i can talk about it with and people i can say um i am not praying to god again like i did to my sister so many years ago for for his help you know fuck that excuse my language i am uh, needed to figure out a different way that that worked for me you know and um knew that I needed to stay absent to, to be a support. So it's a little bit, uh, whatever, but anyhow, she's, she's, um, grateful that, that it does not appear to be cancer, that it doesn't, I don't know what it is. So I don't want to want to say it's not serious, but, but just, I'm, I'm walking through that, that now. So, um, I will close with the, uh, one of the important things that, that, uh, I've learned along the way is the, um, expression of gratitude you know i i am so 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 good at taking for granted the things i have and the, the looking at things that i don't have and say that'll make me happy that'll make me happy that you know and always thinking happiness is out there and uh, learned this part of program how to write a gratitude list it's i learned it back in, in my california days i i uh, every night before i went to bed i before i went to bed i've been doing it now for 15 18 years i don't know um I find at least five things that I'm grateful for, you know, and um, sometimes it's just the bed, you know, sometimes it's just that I have a roof over my house that there's food in the refrigerator that it's a day of abstinence, and other days I can find 20, 30 things right off the top of my head that I'm grateful for, but I keep looking at those, and I'm reminded that I do have a lot of good stuff. Um, Even with COVID, you know, I, I, I look at that. God, show me the way. You know, show me what I need to learn here. And have been able to get on meetings, see you guys, and and uh, see people back to my early Jersey meetings, and get on more meetings. I now go for a meeting. I now uh, get up, uh, go for a walk every morning while I listen to a meeting. There's so many meetings at every hour of the day, and so uh, by eight o'clock in the morning, I have a meeting and an hour's worth of walking, and so uh, can find gratitude and find ways to. So I'm going to stop there. Thanks for asking me to speak. It's great to see you guys. And uh, thanks.